This is the Command Your Brand podcast, where we talk to world changers, visionaries, and founders, people that are doing big things and changing this planet in a positive way. We're learning their stories, techniques, and exactly what you need to know so that you can do things in a big way. The time is now. Get ready to take command of your brand. up everybody jeremy here and guys i'm excited for the conversation we're going to have today we have matt hogan with us today and he's someone that has an endless fascination and devotion to the pel- to the path of self-mastery. And his clients include leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives, and people really looking to overcome overwhelm and burnout. And uh, I'm really excited to kind of dive into that today. So Matt, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Thanks, Jeremy. And thanks for the understanding around my voice being a little harsh from some different programs I'm running. <laughs> No worries, man. For people that don't have what we said before we started recording here, you know, I know you had a really big meeting and and whatnot with your men's group. And, you know, due to that, your voice is suffering a little bit. So we've got the water close. May have to restate some things, man, but I think we're going to have a good time today. Thanks for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I guess before we dive into, you know, really the the ideas of clarity and alignment, which I think we're really going to focus on today. I want to talk a little bit about your story because, you know, what you were doing with your life and what you're doing now are are two very different things. So I'd love to hear kind of a little bit about your path, man. (laughs) It has been a, you might call it the underdog journey since it's so popular in our culture. In 2004, I was at rock bottom, put a bullet in my head. And, you know, after that time and a pretty intense recovery period, I went the route of I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to start developing skills. And then after that, I went into corporate work where I spent time, about a part of a decade, supporting a top five global brand and built out a multi-million dollar portfolio, built and led a national sales and support team. By the time I left, I had about a team of about 100 reporting to me. And, wow. then I, and then I went into work for myself, which was I wanted to go beyond the walls of supporting leaders in their own internal change work for myself rather than just developing leaders within one company. And that's taken me around the world, uh, living nomadically for about five years. And here I am today, still continuing the work, continuing that path of supporting different leaders and their own way of finding not only making the good money and and having the, the aligned business that we love, it's really walking through life and going, I love this life. And I am feeling like I'm really Mm. living it. I mean, that's been my personal journey from that bottomless pit that I felt like I was in to here. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like, why do you feel like there's kind of that, that disconnect, like of people that, you know, maybe obsessively they, they have all those things and they don't have the other half of it, right? Like you mentioned, you know, feeling grateful, having gratitude, feeling like you're in a good place. Like, why do you think that's missing a lot of people or why do you think they get there? I don't know. I'm not going to necessarily go into the why, but I'll share what I've, I've discovered personally as well as the client work is there's a certain point where we're like, Hey, this material abundance, this house, this car, this money offers a lot to our lives. It can really Mm -hmm. offer some meaningful things, but then there becomes a point where we've started to acquire and have been acquiring that for some time that that next client, that next acquisition, that next departure 
starts to taste more like ash in our mouth and it doesn't quite fulfill us with zest like it used to. When you said that, I just got the idea of, I don't know if you, I'm sure this has happened to you, drink a cup of coffee and you're like, oh my gosh, I got this, just got the grinds on the top. Um, but when you said ash in my mouth, that was the first thing I got. It actually happened this morning, by the way. I make French press every morning and I got grinds in my mouth and I'm like, oh dear God. Anyway. <laughs> it is kind of like that. You, you go to t- taste something that is normally so beautiful. Like coffee is such a beautiful part of my morning. Oh too. my gosh, like, yeah. But then you it's take a spiritual first experience drink. for me, man. I, yeah. I I don't know about you. It's a spiritual experience for me. I'm very particular about my coffee. I hear you. I I just got my first French French press because I was informed by someone that I'm dating that uh, you need to step up your game, and and she, and she was right. She was right. But dude, she'll get you, she'll get you doing pour over soon. So you better watch out, man. <laughs> pour pour over. You got to get one of those special pots because it's got to come out nice and slow. But dude, that's coffee. Anyway, I won't take you too far off. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It, there's there's actually a beautiful message in what you said, and that's you know we go to taste that cup of coffee, and that cup of coffee could be that next client, that new business, that doubled revenue, whatever it is. And when we get that, we're like, oh, what's with these grinds in my mouth? Where did that? Yeah. Where did that spiritual experience go that I was craving? That's a big part of it. Is one just recognizing that that journey of acquisition isn't inherently a bad thing. It's just we reach a point where it starts to become, hey, I think there's something more for me. I'm just not quite sure what it is yet. Mm. That's interesting too, because I think like you see, and you know, like I've spoken to thousands of like very successful people, and there seems to be this like this trend. I, I don't know how else to put it. Of like. You know, they they kind of are like they, they kind of think success is a location, right? Like you get there and mm. you're kind of like, all right, like I'm here now, I'm successful. But then you don't have just what you're talking about. Like you may have sensibly have the things you're supposed to reach, but you don't have kind of those feelings you think you're supposed to have, right? Because they think it's a destination. I don't know if you've seen that as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll share it through my own personal journey. I remember when I was climbing the ranks at corporate, and when I came in the door, I was. I loved the work. I was an individual contributor and I'm like, I'm moving towards that director role. I'm going to get it. And over the course of four and a half years, I was promoted seven times. Wow. And each time like it enlivened me and it, I was feeling so full of zest. Like I love this work. I'm a creator. I'm a builder. I like to help people develop their skills and leadership development. And then around the time I got the director's role, there was a fleeting moment where I was like, yeah, I made it. And then came the moment where I had to recognize, oh shit, I feel hollow. This does not taste good in my mouth like that coffee you had this morning. Yes. And I had to have a really hard conversation with myself to see where one, that career had served me so well. I grew so much as a man, as a a leader in so many different ways along the way. And had to be honest with myself that what I'm seeking now is a bit different than a title and a number in my bank account. Those are still important, yeah. but they're not the thing anymore. I think a lot of people have trouble detaching from that though, right? Because those things at the same time, they're identities. You right. know what I mean? Like you identify yourself as, okay, I, you know, you mentioned seven promotions. Like, you know, a lot of people would be like, damn, man, that's a big deal. But like you look at and you attach yourself to each one of those things. Like I see this a lot with, pro, with the pro athletes I've talked to. Mm. They have a lot of trouble after retiring because, you know, maybe their whole life they'd identify as a quarterback or they've identified as a center fielder or whatever it may be. And that's just over. So mm. I think the difficult thing as well is you identify as a lot of these things. What do you, I'm, I'm curious if you're willing to share, what did you yeah. see was like the big question they were asking 
when they would go into retirement. Because what I've seen on my end with the, the entrepreneurs and executives, it's who am I without this? Significance. Mm. Significance. You know what I mean? Because it's like they were special because they were special because. And if that's not a thing anymore, are they really, you know, are they special now? Right? Mm. Like, sure, maybe they make the Hall of Fame or they do something else, but like, that's a day. And then hopefully somebody goes and looks at your plaque or something like that. So it's significance, I think, what a lot of them are missing. At least that's been my viewpoint on it. I could be totally wrong. Well, I mean, there's, there's on this journey and whether, whether we're talking about an athlete or my journey to director or your journey into another business, uh, whatever it is, there's a lot of meaning we wrap around that title. If mm. I am, if I'm this pro athlete, that means ABC about me. That means people yes. will look up to me. That pe- means people will trust me or people will cheer me on. I'm sure you could go much deeper in that, but it's similar even in the business side. If I'm an executive, that means I made it. If I'm an executive, that means people will finally respect me. They'll have to listen to me or all these different things. And a lot of the big ones are, that means I'm valuable. I'm significant. Those are the real deep ones. Like you pointed out, you went right to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that it's hard. It's hard to look at that and go, well, what do I do? I don't want to let that go. But this ash in my mouth, I keep tasting it. And it's really getting worse and worse and worse. Like people are putting more in my coffee. So let me ask you this then, you know, like, like, how do you get that clarity then, man? Like, cause I think a lot of people, that's what they're missing. Mm. Like, how do you get the clarity in your life to kind of find like where you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to be feeling or, or doing, whatever it may be? Because I think there's so many people at the same time that also go through the motions, right? Like, you know, we mentioned these different things of like, you know, well, maybe they're significant because X, Y, Z. So many times that significance is based off of what other people think or experience mm-hmm. about you, not what you think or experience. So how do you get that clarity, man? I mean, there's many different ways, but I will say what I have found and I've formed through my own methodology over the past 18 years is the starting point. And I'll bring it back to a story. So it's yeah. not this boring checklist. <laughs> when I came to realize that in my career, that director role, that, wow, this is not what I thought it would be. I got more money. I got the title, but it's like something's still missing. I went on a trip. I went on a trip and gave myself the space to really take a look at what the hell am I doing now? Mm. What, what's this really about? And during that time, I first had to get start by getting clear with just acknowledging that something wasn't right any longer for my life. That's like step one, just acknowledging like something right here. And but you, you know, what's interesting about that, I guess before you jump into that, I think as well. And I think this is a point that people should, I think, take home from what you just said there, which I think is important, is at the same time as I think when you're overwhelmed, it is important to kind of get out of your environment, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, to me, it's a valid form of therapy to say like, okay, like I'm not doing so hot in this environment. Let me at least change my place and see if I can take a look at things differently. Do continue, but I wanted to add that because I think that's a really valid point. Yeah. And I also want to add too, because I've worked with plenty of leaders that finding time to go take a trip, you know, running multiple businesses, having, raising a family, and all those things that taking a trip right now may not be an option. So I say that to say, you don't need to go on a trip to do this. And actually, actually the workbook that I'm going to have linked in the show notes will help you if without having to go on a trip, Mm -hmm. but even just giving yourself an hour on your calendar to really be like, look, something ain't right. And then Mm -hmm. from that acknowledgement and that space, as you very well uh, pointed to, then starting to actually just free write and write about, what are all the things that don't feel right anymore? What are all the things I'm hearing in my head? What are the feelings that I have with me every day? Just even starting there 
that one point, one, you're acknowledging what is true for you, which can actually start to de-stress you because you're yep. like, oh, shit. I actually was willing to stop long enough to go, oh, man, I deserve some attention, um, which can be really hard for us. Yeah. And then two, when you start writing out all the messages your brain is telling you and then all the feelings you have, that creates a bit more space, a bit more clarity. And that's a really good starting point. And once you start there, then you can just say, what's next? And you'd be surprised what you'll know just by doing those two things. So let me ask you this then. In, in terms of that, how do you find like alignment in that in your life as well? Because I think there's, there's so many things that people say because like they're nice to say, like work-life balance or, or stuff mm-hmm. like that. But like, how do you actually take that you know, idea and kind of bring it into, you know, being more aligned in your life. I appreciate you coming with the hard questions, Jeremy. Dude, I, I pull no <laughs> punches here, man. <laughs> um, I want to put this in a way that doesn't, again, feel like a platitude. Yeah. Because uh, there's enough of that. You know, what happens is as we get older, as we age, as we grow in experience, what enlivens us, what thrills us, what fills us with zest and joy evolves. And what made me feel full of life and zest and creativity when I was in corporate six years later, seven years later, it was different. And Mm. I had to start looking at, okay, given the journey I was on, where I was at these last five years, these last 10 years, whatever it is, what really spoke to me and felt like it aligned for me over this term? Mm -hmm. Like really just getting clear, like why was this the path up until this point? And then just taking a step further and start going, what do I feel like is missing from here? So that way they're taking a look at the journey they've been on, why they took it and why it was great for the time it was. And then now again, going into clarity, starting to get clear, well, what's missing? Mm -hmm. Because once you can look at that and that, that again, starts to take you a step closer to what it might feel like to be aligned or to feel like you're taking a path that feels like, I love these, this language, the real you. The one that's trying to emerge today that may have not been the same you six years ago. So how often do you check in on that too? Because I think sometimes it can sound so simple, right? Like, okay, good. I'm aligned. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But life's not like that, right? I think yeah. it's, the, it's the same reason that, I don't know, people will go to an event and they'll bring a notebook and they'll write down everything. They're never going to open that notebook ever again, right? Like mm-hmm. for 97% of people. So like how often do you kind of check in on this and, you know, I'm sure maybe it's different for everybody. I don't know. Like, how do you check in on that for yourself? I'll use a client story. Person I'm working with, it has been an ongoing process for this past year. And what I mean by that is we first had to start with everything I just shared. One, beginning to acknowledge that something just ain't right. Something's off. And it doesn't feel like I'm, I'm walking the path I'm supposed to walk anymore. But I'm having a hard time allowing myself to change anything. And then comes in starting to look at, again, what is the journey you've been on up mm-hmm. until this point and how it served your life? And then, again, what it feels like it's missing. When, mm-hmm. we, when we start to look at what's missing, we start to find some golden nuggets. You can call them values. You can call them virtues. But once you start getting those nuggets, then you can really start to go into how does that start to shape my life from today? Now, from a structure and coming back to your question standpoint, it really varies if you're at a point right now where you're just trying to figure out what that something off is, that's your starting point. Yeah. Because once you start getting clarity on that, then you can look at what's the reoccurring way I work with the way I'm changing my life. For me, for example, at this point, 
I'm really looking at every day, like what's this next action serving in terms of what I say are my golden nuggets, my virtues or my values. And does it fit? Mm -hmm. And here's the challenging part that I've seen for every client (laughs) for myself, because I've been called a go-getter more than once in my life. I get impatient. I get really freaking impatient. Dude, I have so been there. Like, like, trust me. Like, I have so been there. Yeah. Um, I am the least patient person that any person knows. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's it, me. And it's kind of like me even thinking about that event you mentioned. I wrote down all these things in the notebook. Why hasn't it all changed already? And that's the hard part. The hard work is not just finding it and getting clear. Is then today, what's one step? What's 5% closer to the life that I feel like I'm longing for? Mm-hmm. And that's the work of showing up every single day. That and what I have found personally valuable over these past like five, six years is when I have a walking partner, someone that is walking alongside me that knows what I'm working on and working towards that can hold a space for me to go deep into those things once every quarter, once every couple months, or even once a year. But there's still a constant daily of like, Okay, what what am I doing today and why am I doing that and how does it fit? So it's kind of like the buddy system. It is kind of like a buddy system. <laughs> so you got, a- I think that's really interesting because that brings accountability into it, right? Mm-hmm. I think at the same time, if you don't have some person, whether it's a coach, whoever it may be in your life to hold you accountable, it's really easy to get away with stuff, man. Yeah, I'll give a personal example because I'm, I'm fine being an open book. So right now I've been staying a couple months in Sedona, Arizona. And I, like I mentioned, I've, I love to travel. And for the last few years, I've mostly just lived in Matic. Mm-hmm. But I'm really starting to sense that this place is home, like a place that I could live most of the year and still travel a few months. In that, I feel that message that says, hey, if you're going to be here, it's important to start creating relationships in the community, start seeing where mm-hmm. your services might be of value and things like that. The hardest part for me, and this is where the accountability thing came in helpful, was that part of me that goes, you can't reach out and ask for help with that. You can't reach out and ask for new connections or ask for this or ask for that. And I sat there and listened to all that. And then I went back to my drawing board of, well, what did I say my new nuggets of virtues and values were? And I knew that it was a point for me to lean in instead of lean back. So I, mm. I said what my mind was trying to convince me of to my, my walking partner, coach, mentor, whatever you want to call him. And as soon as I told him, I immediately made myself accountable by telling them. And I immediately reached out to the couple of people that I knew I was hiding from. And I, I think that there's such a, a beautiful progress and movement and momentum that can be created when you're not only in your own head talking about it, but you're witnessed in everything you're going through. It could be like super introverted and keep it in your own head, right? Like rather than like kind of putting it out in the universe and, and talking to somebody about it. Like this may sound really weird, dude. I like weird. I, I, I'm freaking weird, man. Trust me. Like, <laughs> like um, no, like I'm weird. Like when I put the radio on, man, it can only be even numbers. It cannot be an really? odd number. Um, but like, yeah, I'm weird. This is going to sound really weird. I actually have trouble doing things that are like related to big picture on a computer mm. because I need paper or I need a wall or I need something like it needs to be big and expansive. At the same time, I think getting those things out, like I mentioned, having it being introverted, that's a lot easier to deal with to me because they're more physical objects than rather than just something on a computer screen. There's, there's a few beautiful things that you said there. One, it's, it's not weird at all. I love how clearly you know yourself and you're like, no, no, this is what I need. And that's really the important thing here, going back to the larger message of clarity and creating alignment in our way forward is what's your path? What works for you? Not what works for everyone else. And mm-hmm. 
I was in a conversation with a woman the other day and she was, she's really leaning into this path of what's next for her. And she's like, but I see these people doing this over here and this over here. And I ain't doing that stuff. I was like, good. Now you know what you don't want to do. What's your way? Yes. And that's the important part and can often be missed. What can be missing is trust in ourselves to actually take that path. I guess looking at that, you know, for you or maybe with the people you've worked with, when do you feel like you get more certainty in that? Because I think a lot of people could hear that and be like, all right, I, I kind of trust myself a little bit. I feel like I'm starting to trust myself. But when do you feel like you have certainty? Hmm. Certainty is never absolute that I have found. And we have certainty in different things at different times. Sure. We could at this moment, I could be absolutely certain that our call is going to end in a few minutes and probably be right. But at any given moment, we can check. Yeah, I think we were booked out for a half hour, man. So yeah. we're pretty close. <laughs> but we can look in at any given moment and see what are we certain about right now and what are we not. And yeah. this is where it can get kind of messy and where it can make it challenging for us to say yes to this deeper path, this path that feels more true for us, is there are no guarantees. There are mm-hmm. no guarantees that, like for me, when I leapt out of corporate, that I was going to do well building a plane while flying it. But I knew I was just, I was willing to do it because I, yeah. I couldn't handle just sticking with this ash in my, the coffee grinds in my mouth every day. And so certainty comes over time. What I have found with, with the client that I mentioned earlier as an example is the level of trust grows in herself and her life as she both is willing to have the hard conversations, like where I'm avoiding, where I'm hiding, um, and going into the emotions that are hindering. Mm-hmm. And willingness to not only do that, but then take one new step, then another new step, have a different conversation, say no over here, say yes over here. Your trust in yourself grows when you're able to do both bit by bit. You know, the thing I love about that is I like saying this and I don't know, it feels like it's true for me, but I don't know if it's like 100% true out there in the universe. But I like to say that like this idea of like, confidence leads competence. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the more confident you get about something, the more competent you get in it, right? I feel like a lot of times. And I feel like it could be like similar with this, right? Like the more certain you get, the more certain you are, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like, it's it's a journey, man. That's something you got to work towards. Mind if I add something in Mary, yeah, go Mary for it. with that? And I actually got it backwards, by the way. It's competence leads to confidence. So, so sorry about that. Yeah, I like that. What I've always framed it as is courage leads to confidence. Mm-hmm. And when you're feeling more courage, you take new steps. And when you're willing to take new steps and then competence develops in that. And as your competence develops, you're like, oh, I want to do more of this because I'm good at it. But when we suck at something, when we're at the very beginning of it, we're like, oh, but over here, this is this executive or this athlete. I was, I mean, I was top of my game. Yeah. You want me to go over here and be looked at as, as a beginner? Oof. I don't know if I can do that. I really like the competence to confidence because it really is true. Absolutely. Well, Matt, this has been a great conversation, man. For people listening, they want to connect with you or if they want to, you know, reach out and find out more about how you can help them, man. What's the best way for them to do that? First thing, if you're listening to this and you find yourself like you're tasting the coffee grinds in your mouth and you're like, something's got to change and I'm willing to at least look at it and talk about it, uh, go into the show notes and there's actually a, a, a workbook that I've created from the 18 years I've been seeking deeper clarity and alignment in my life. Download it. And put 15 minutes on your calendar to start and then see where you're at after 15 minutes. And if you're starting to notice a bit more clarity and a bit more depth to what's going on for you, give yourself another 15 minutes and keep building on that. But start with the 15, download it. And if you want to reach out to me directly, it's matt at matthoganworldwide.com. 
And you can reach me directly and just let me know what's going on for you. Happy to have a conversation if that's something you need. Very cool. And Matt, you know what the sad part is? You keep talking about the coffee grinds in, in, in your mouth. It makes me actually want to go make a cup of coffee, as crazy as that is. So uh, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm actually going to go make a cup of coffee after this. So, so thanks for hanging out with me, man. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate being on.